Well, good morning, Grace people. And good morning to all of our guests and visitors. I know we have lots of families here for confirmation, so thanks to you for being here. And let me just, if we don't say it somewhere else in the service, I want you to know that if you're visiting here today and you're like, maybe I'd like to do this more often and I don't have a place to do it, you are welcome. You are invited to come here. I want to invite you back. Um, We do this every week at the same time. I know. It's crazy. So you're more than welcome to join us here as we pursue Jesus together. And good morning to all the confirmands. Is that weird name? Confermans? Hello, Confermans. Well, it's good to see you guys. Well, if you were to come to my house on any given day, there are a few phrases that you would hear. Uh, And they sound something like this. What? Huh? Can you say that again? I didn't hear you. And there's some reasons for that. One is that my wife wears hearing aids. Uh, She's got some frequency loss, and so she can't hear everything that I say. And also, you'd think that after all this time, seven years of marriage, I would learn that if I want to talk to her, I have to, like, face her or be in the same room or talk like that, right? You'd think. Not quite there yet. Uh, So she's always saying, what? What did you say? Can you say that again? Now, her husband... He does the same thing to her, but I don't have as good of an excuse. I'm mostly just not paying attention. I'm distracted, I'm on my phone, I'm on the computer, I'm staring at nothing. All the wives out there are like, I know that man. (laughs) So while my wife is hard of hearing, I like to say I'm diagnosed as being hard of listening. It's a real thing, you can look it up. So a question for you, when it comes to God, when it comes to your faith life, are you hard of hearing? Are you hard of listening? Uh, Some statistics on the things that we put into our minds. The American Bible Society has put out a state of the Bible report for many years now, and uh, this is in their last report. A quarter of Bible users said one of their greatest frustrations regarding reading scripture was they never seem to have enough time. Can anybody relate to that? Just me. All right. All right. This was common. Sometimes I ask a question. It's not a rhetorical question just for me to talk more. I'm looking for a response. Does anybody else ever feel that way? Like you would read your Bible more, you just don't have enough time. I see some hands. Okay. Thank you for that. This was common among all age groups, they said. Uh, So the question then should be, where is that time going? Right? And you you could probably guess some of it. And because it's Confirmation Sunday, I get to start with you guys, with your age group, 15 to 23-year-olds. So we had a Barna survey, uh, and this is in response to a question that was asked of your age, which is, how many hours in the last week did you spend focusing on your spirituality, including going to church, reading the Bible, praying, listening to, or reading Christian content, or talking about faith in some way? Uh, That weekly number was used to estimate an annual total. So we've got the black box up here. That is spiritual content for a non-churchgoer, just your average person, uh, three hours a week is what they reported, which comes out to 153 hours a year. The pale green would be spiritual content for churchgoers, which would be you guys up here. Uh, That was about six hours a week, so 291 hours a year. Now the big green box is using... Screen media, 53 hours a week, or about seven and a half hours a day, that's about 30% of your life. 
I don't know if you can resonate with that, and this is not an indictment, because guess what? The adults are up next. All right. You're not off the hook, everybody else. This isn't just pick-on-people time. Uh, according to the American Time Use Survey in 2022, the Bureau of Labor Statistics reported that American adults uh, spend an average of 42 minutes a week on spiritual things. Uh, that's about 36 hours per year. This is just the average just the average adult out there. Uh, for church-going adults, time engaging in spirituality, uh, the most recent statistic was about three hours a week, so about 156 hours a year. And so that means the average American adult spends about three hours, oh, sorry, uh, the average American adult spends about three hours daily on their mobile device. Am I reading anybody's mail here? Because when I get my report on Sunday mornings on my phone, it generally says, your screen time has been, and it's right around three hours. Uh, and that's about 13% of our lives dedicated to these things. So um, this is all despite a survey from uh, Barna Organization last year, which says that 74% of U.S. adults want to grow spiritually. We want to grow spiritually. We want to do it, but we don't engage with Scripture because we never seem to have enough time. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> oh, so maybe the problem that we have isn't so much that we're hard of hearing. Maybe it's that we're hard of listening or vice versa. I don't know. But this isn't the first time this has happened. This isn't a new phenomenon in the history of all creation. If you have a Bible with you, uh, you can turn to 2 Kings 22. If you keep it on your phone, you can start that daily streak at one today and you'll feel good about that. Um, so we're in the book of Kings. There are two books of Kings. There's 1 Kings and 2 Kings. Kings, And that's because Israel and Judah had a lot of kings. There are a lot of kings uh, in succession. And out of about 39 total kings listed, there were only eight good kings. The good kings would be measured by did they follow after God or did they follow after everybody and everything else. Uh, Josiah is one of those good kings. And he became king at eight years old. Now, he probably had other people running the kingdom for him at that time, but he was eight. And he says he followed the ways of his father David, never turning to the right or to the left. He feared God, and he followed uh, after him, which is cool. He had this idea to refurbish the temple because Judah, all the whole country of Judah, had gone to idols. Nobody's really worshiping. Imagine if nobody was coming uh, to church at all, this place would fall into disrepair and kind of fall apart. That makes a lot of sense. So at age 26, uh, Josiah sends his secretary, Shaphan, to hire some workers to restore the temple using money in the temple treasury. All right, go, go get some money, repair the stuff. And while Shaphan is there, uh, there's a priest who works at the temple still, of course. His name is Hilkiah, and he finds something. He finds something. He finds a book, but not just any book, he finds the book of the law. This is like the thing that makes Israel who they are. It's the story of God bringing them in to be his people. It's hard to overstate the significance of this moment, so let me just try to wrap all of our heads around this. So the year is 2123, all right? We're in this room, but because Reading this Bible got kind of boring, and we'd rather do other things. We don't really read that anymore, um, but we still like getting together. So we still get together every week on Sunday, and instead, we worship, I don't know, the Vikings. 
Vikings. That's a good idol. They got horns and everything. It's perfect. So we're here to worship the Vikings. So we're here. And then all of a sudden, we are completely surprised. This place is falling apart. What, what is happening? What's this? What is this thing? Just, it's just back there. It says the Bible. The Bible. It's got an Old Testament and a New Testament, whatever that means. But, huh, Genesis. It's got the story of God making things. It's got, it goes through the story of Israel. It starts talking about Jesus, that he died for us, that he, he saved us, and then, and then how we should live our lives because of that. That's all in this book. That's crazy. How did we lose this? How did we lose this? <sighs> I imagine how it happened then is not a whole lot different than how it happens today, right? So life just kind of goes along, right? The, the world keeps turning. Life is changing. We're growing up. We transition through different seasons. Uh, there's a whole political spectrum out there that I have to be worried about. I'm going to school. I'm trying to figure out what, what any of this has to do with that. Uh, how does the Bible have to do with my work life? What is this? How is this all supposed to fit into my life? I don't, I don't really know. Um, and if going to church and being uh, God's people is just another to-do list. At the end of the day, I'm just not going to do it. Right? It's not that uncommon. This isn't a new thing. It's the same for us today as it was then. In Christianity Today, uh, April 2022, this article, 26 million Americans stopped reading their Bible during COVID-19. The article reads, in 2021, about 50% of Americans said they read the Bible on their own at least three or four times per year. So this is regular. This is an accessible bar, three or four times a year. I think we can do that. We can have time for that. Uh, that percentage had stayed more or less steady since 2011, but in 2022, it dropped 11 points. So now only 39% say they read the Bible regularly, and it's the steepest, sharpest decline on record. I mean, it kind of makes sense. We had the pandemic, right? And when you stop gathering with the people of God, when you stop getting together to do this, you kind of lose contact with, with the story. That's a normal thing. That's part of why we gather together every Sunday, whether we feel like it or not. It's like, well, I'm going to go so I can maintain my connection to God and his story. Uh, but this losing ourselves and the story of God is nothing new. And unfortunately, as time goes on, it's just going to keep happening. Uh, the story of God will be lost again and again. As one pastor uh, put it, he says, if, if the preservation of the scriptures for future generations depended on the value that some people put, uh, that some people in our day put on it, the Bible would have been lost long ago. I'll read that again because I stuttered a lot. If the preservation of the scriptures for future generations depended on the value that some people in our day place on it, the Bible would have been gone long, long ago. And yet, the story it contains is one of the most resilient and impactful stories in all the world. And it just keeps coming up, just keeps resurfacing. I think that's because the God, our God is the God of every generation. As we've been going through the Bible story, we see that God revealed himself to Abraham and then Isaac 
and then Jacob, and then Joseph. And he keeps going down the line. He revealed himself to David, now to Josiah, and now to you, to me, to us. That's what he continually does. And when we uh, celebrate today, we're also celebrating All Saints Day, the faith of those who passed uh, before us. They passed it down to us. And this is the only way the faith gets handed on, save for finding a book in a wall. It's that people pass down the faith one to another. So continuing in our story, Shaphan the secretary brings the book to Josiah and he says, Hilkiah the priest found a book. He doesn't do air quotes, but I do, because he just says a book. He doesn't say the book of the law. He doesn't say anything special. He's like, Hilkiah found a book. Okay, what is this? But read it to me. So Shaphan reads the book of the law to Josiah the king. And his response, Josiah, it says he tears his clothes. I'm not going to tear my clothes. Don't worry. And Josiah says, great is the Lord's anger that burns against us. Because those who have gone before us haven't obeyed the words of this book. They have not acted in accordance with all that's written there concerning us. And I love that he says us. He doesn't say like them. He doesn't put it on somebody else. But he's like, no, this has to do with us too. And Josiah, in that moment, is responding to God. He's heard the law. He's heard that. And then he's like, ah, he gets wrecked by it. And he's like, all right, we have to do something about this. And we really have an opportunity there to learn from, because then we get, we get two models out of this. First is Josiah. He hears the law, and he's like, whoa, dang, ah, I need to do something about this and respond to God. Then we have Shaphan, who says, it's a book. I don't know, I found a book. It's just, it's just another book. Okay, he seems pretty unaffected. So we have uh, Josiah, Shaphan. So we can ask, which one are you? Which one am I? Uh, In my life, I've been both, personally. Just to put the cards on the table, I've been both. There are times when I've heard from God or I've read something in scripture and I'm like, yeah, God, I totally am gonna respond to that. Heart, mind, soul, strength, you got it, I'm yours. And there are times when I'm like, eh, about that. As if he can't see me. And Jesus speaks in Mark chapter 7 to the second type of person that I have been, and maybe you have too. Uh, Jesus said, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites, as it is written. He said, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. You've let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. Which made me ask, like, why do we do that? Why, why do we honor God with our lips, but then, like, live a different way? Instead of, I'm just saying, if you're going to reject God, I don't know, why don't, why don't we just go the whole way, right? But we still put up the, the appearance as if we're following. Um, I have a few thoughts. Uh, one is, is, it's our culture, right? It, it, this is what we do. This is, this is what our family has done, and this is, this is just what we do. Uh, a second one could be duty or obligation. I feel obligated. I have to do this, you know, got baptized as a kid, so now I have to, you know, for example, now I've got to go through the confirmation thing. Um, and I'm not saying this about our students, by the way. I'm just putting this out there as a, maybe this has been part of your life, and uh, it was me and parts of mine. Uh, maybe it's fear, you know, like, who? if I don't do this next step or if I'm not looking like I'm following God, who am I disappointing? 
Am I disappointing my parents or my children or my whoever? Well, whatever the uh, reason is, I I can assure you that God wants you to be honest with him. He just wants you to deal directly with him. He's, He's a lot more interested in our honesty about him and honesty with him than he is in our pretending about him. He doesn't want us to put up a front. Uh, Josiah went, and, and because he was like, okay, you read me the book of the law. What am I supposed to do with this? So he sends, and he's like, go talk to that, uh, the prophetess. Uh, so a woman prophet, go talk to her, and what, what does God have to say to me through this? And, and so she tells uh, Josiah, because your heart was responsive and you humbled yourself before the Lord, and because you tore your robes and wept in my presence, I also have heard you, declares the Lord. I also have heard you. And I love that. Josiah heard God, and God also heard, that's me. Uh, God also heard Josiah. That's incredible that God would hear him. And, And likewise, he hears us even today. So how do we hear God? How do we do it? How do we do that? And, and I think the first step is just we confess to him and we surrender. We just admit our inability that, like, God, I want to hear you. Or maybe we confess maybe that we don't want to hear him. It's like, God, guess what? I actually don't want to hear from you, but I'm going to tell you because apparently you're God. Uh, so we let him know either we, we do or we don't, but whatever it is, we be, we're honest with him. And we admit our inability to listen well or consistently and say, God, would you do something with that? Would you do that in me? Would you change me? Would your spirit do something in me? Because I've been trying to change myself and it just hasn't really worked that well. And And then see what he does. And as you think about like, what are really practical ways outside of that? Okay, and now once I do that, where are places that I might hear God? Well, um, the story of God could be one. You could read it. You could listen to it. Uh, I like the Streetlights app because it's all lo-fi beats with the scriptures over it. Perfect. Um, Coming to weekly worship, just coming to church on Sundays. It's great. We get to hear from the scriptures. Uh, You could be in Sunday school. Refuge, right? A lot of you have heard God speak to you in refuge and in your time there. Um, Maybe it's personal or family devotional books. If those aren't opportunities for you, just books that, that have some scripture and some meditations and thoughts about like, what is God maybe saying to you. And if you're still stuck, if, if all those things, if you're like, okay, I've tried all these things or none of those really seem right, then I would honestly say just like reach out. Reach out to anybody from uh, staff. We have tons of volunteers who would love to walk through you. We have a whole faith mentoring group who like literally just wants to help you do this if you're interested in following more. The hope is that we would hear God more as Josiah did. But speaking of Josiah, how did his story end? How did his story end? Well, he reformed Israel. Yes! He tore down the altars and he shoved out the old priests and everything and he ripped the stuff down. And you know how long that lasted? Till he died. Then everything snapped back like a rubber band exactly how it was. Dang! But you know why? Because these outward moves that we make of spirituality, these ways that, that, that are just reorganizing ourselves rather than being reoriented by the Spirit, 
Uh, they just don't work. Reformation is not the same as transformation. And the heart of Judah as a country was not transformed to say, we are going to be a people now who follow God. It was just somebody else putting it on them and saying, all right, guys, tear down your stuff. Behave this way now. And good behavior is not a replacement and will never be a replacement for transformation and the Holy Spirit's work in us moving us into a life of Jesus where we find that life that is truly life. We can never replace it with just doing right. Uh, he is the one who will make us right. I hope that today, uh, as you hear this, whoever it is, you know, I know we have a lot of people who aren't normally here with us and some who are here every week. And, and even for me, this, this has impacted me deeply as I've been reading about Josiah and kind of the implications of his story. Uh, and my, my prayer and my hope is that you hear Jesus calling out to you today. If you're within the earshot of my voice, uh, that means that God is, he is speaking to you now in this moment. The book has been uncovered from behind the wall, and now he is speaking to you here. And I wonder, what would it look like if we were to all hear the voice of God and respond, like as a community together? I wonder if practically we would be more confident as a people, that we'd be more like at peace with who God made us to be. Like, oh, this is, this is who we are. I wonder if maybe we would be less anxious. That we'd have that peace that passes all understanding. We're not worried about tomorrow because we, we see that God is, is ordering our steps and, and we can find a hope in him that passes beyond. I wonder if maybe uh, we'd be less angry, less just upset and be able to speak the truth in love uh, rather than speaking out of anger a lot more. I think there's a lot of ways that it could play out when God's spirit moves in us because he deals with each of us how we each need to be dealt with, which is pretty incredible. And he, he does it gently and he moves us in the way we need to go. So that's my hope. Uh, and honestly, it's something that I've seen out of so many of you as you live your lives and as you interact with each other. Um, I've seen so much grace of God pour uh, out of you. And uh, it's just good. It's good. So I want to pray for us that uh, God continues to work through us in that way as we live into his story. Would you pray with me? Oh, Father God, thanks for the way that you continue to reveal yourself to us over and over again. Thanks for the opportunity we have to hear you. God, I pray that you'll break the sense of uh, just religiosity uh, about us. Help us to come to you honestly uh, and deal with you in that way as you deal with us. As you continue to speak to us, move in us, uh, make yourself known to us. We want to hear from you. Uh, in the center of our being, we're made, designed, formed, intended, and purposed to hear from you. So I pray that uh, you would fix our antennas. Help us to hear from you. Move us forward. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen.